Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 says this, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. I think we've all memorized that. Amen. In faith, Lord Jesus, fingers crossed. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. But today, everybody shout today. Today I'm, I want to I wanna go into these two scriptures. And I really believe we've already set a foundation for our church community as it pertains to life on purpose. But today we want to now build upon that foundation and answer the question, why has God placed you in this world? Amen? Why has God placed you in this world? And I want to begin reading in the first passage of scripture today in Romans chapter 12. We, got, we touched on it a couple of weeks, but it continues from verse 3 to verse 8. And it says this, it says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. It says, don't think you are better than you really are. I'll tell you right now, that right there could preach. <laughs> I think right there, we got to have an altar call right now. All I needed to say is, don't think you are better than you really are. I think that can save some marriages here today. I think you become a better person here today if you understand and you don't live under this illusion that you are better than you are. Amen? And it says, be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is to serve others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gl gladly. And I want to kind of leapfrog over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And this is really what I want to talk about in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And look at the way it puts it. It says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. You can lower me on the monitors a tiny bit. It says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. I want you to look at a person next to you and tell them, run to win. Tell them, don't run to lose, run to win. And it says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run, I love this, these words together. I love this sentence right here. 
So I run with purpose in every step. So I run with purpose in every step. I want you to look at the person next to you and give them the title to today's message. I want you to tell them, I am gifted to run my race. Tell them, gifted to run your race. Ronnie, you are gifted to run your race. Come on, look at the person. I want you to prophesy to them. Tell them, you are gifted to run your race. Come on, don't, don't just do this as an exercise. Prophesy over their life. If that's your wife, if that's your spouse, if that is your best friend, tell them you are gifted. Take this moment to prophesy over their life. Say you are gifted to run your race. Amen? Let's bow our heads. I want to invite you to pray with me. God, I know only you can do what you do, God. So do it today. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say... Amen and amen. Come on, crew. How can we just give God some praise one more time in this house? Woo! Um, some of you guys don't know, and some of you do, that I was, um, I had a drug problem growing up. And, and maybe it's not the drug problem that you thought, but I had a drug problem, and maybe you, you could relate to this, but I was drugged to church. Yeah. I was drugged to church on Monday. I was drugged to church on Tuesday. I was drugged to church on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, and on Sunday, two times I was drugged to church. Is anybody here that had a drug problem because you were drugged to church? You know exactly what I'm talking about. God, help us all. Because here's the truth that you cannot help identifying with the fact that you were raised in church. Look at the person next to you. Tell them I was raised in church, and I can't help it. Right? Uh, because... Uh, we, some, we saw some strange things going to church. And I know half the room maybe doesn't relate to this, but can I let you in on the backstage of things that happen in church? Man, I've experienced some stuff. Can't you see how I twitch up here? I am traumatized. And, 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 and you, you know exactly what I'm talking about because I remember, I mean, you imagine you're seven years old and you see someone run all across the auditorium of the church and, and screaming and shouting and you're seven years old trying to figure out what's happening and they run dead into a wall and fall flat on their back and you're like, what? Did God just kill that person right there? Like, what in the world? Did, what in the world happened? Like, you know, I've seen people like, growing up in church, it was, I was raised in a Pentecostal church, so it just means that I got a lot of issues. And, uh, and, I, was, and I remember this one guy, he... He was being prayed for, and uh, this might happen to you, but don't judge us, but he was prayed for, and, and it was okay seeing someone being prayed for and then fall down, because we saw that as the Holy Spirit would touch them, and, and it was pretty an amazing experience, and for us, it, was, it became normal. It was like, yeah, people get prayed for, and they fall out, and that's normal, but this one guy, I mean, I experienced some trauma, traumatic stuff. This one guy, he fell to the floor, back. He looks at me. Oh, he doesn't look at me. He looks at the preacher and he goes. Like, what in the world just happened? I saw a lady grab a microphone and she was getting ready to give a testimony. And she said, brothers and sisters, I'm here to let you know today that Jesus 
saved. I've seen some messed up stuff in church. This is, I can't make this up. I've seen some crazy stuff in church. And I know that I see the symptoms even in this house. If you was raised in church, that's why you are 35 years old and you can play the tambourine to any Justin Bieber song, to any Hill song, to any Taylor Swift song. Just give me that tambourine. I'm going to show you that I'm gifted. Give me that tambourine. They don't know. They're missing an instrument. They got the flute. They got the organ. They got every, but they're missing a, t a tambourine. Let me show you how it's done. That's why, because you're, you're traumatized. You've gone through some things going to church, and, and I don't know about you, but uh, being raised in church, being raised in church, uh, they also taught me that everything was demonic. Exactly. And, and, and I know you got some symptoms, because let me tell you something. If you grew up thinking that rock music was demonic, you was raised in church. If you grew up thinking that the Smurfs were demonic, you was raised in church. If you grew up thinking that Pokemon was demonic, you was raised in church. If you thought uh, going to the movies was demonic, if you thought going to the beach was demonic, if you thought wearing a skirt up to here was demonic, you was raised in church. If you thought incense, sage, crystal, psychology, science, and philosophy were demonic, guess where you were? You was raised in church. Look at the person next to you, tell them I was raised in church. If you were, if you were, if you were raised in church, tell them I was raised in church and I can't help it. You was raised in church and, 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 and I want to, and then no matter what, listen, listen to me, no matter what, you can never get away from God because you was raised in church, you were traumatized, and just when you thought you could rebel, just when you thought that you could turn your back on God, all it took was an episode of A Distant Thunder, which was the rapture movie, to get you back on track in that altar call, repenting for sins that you committed when you were in kindergarten, for rolling your eyes at the teacher. All it took was an episode of The Distant Thunder in the rapture. God, here I am. I'm sorry. Don't leave me. I don't want to go to hell. Can anybody relate to that? Come on. Give God some praise in this house. that there was a time in my life that I did get away from God. I did get away from the Lord and I remember always feeling that I never went to church for the right reasons. I never went to church because I wanted to get closer to God. I always went to the church because I was drugged to church. I was forced to go to church and, and here I am now, 17 years old and I'm going to church for the wrong reasons because I saw a, a fly girl that I wanted to talk to at the time and you know, I would have talked to Lisa at that time, my beautiful wife, but I couldn't because when I was 17, she was 24 with two kids, and I just don't think that would have worked at that time. And so, <laughs> and so I was going to church for the wrong reasons, and I want to share with you this moment because it was in that moment, one time in a youth service, that I was there in the back seat. I wasn't in the front. I was in the back kind of just doing my thing, and I remember just bowing my head when they were praying. And I heard the voice of God whisper into my soul. He said, there are people that will not hear my message because it won't come out of your lips. And I don't know what it was about that statement, but at 17 years old, that statement was the statement that transformed my life. That was the statement that put me on the journey of running the race that God has for me. I don't know what it was about that statement that God spoke to me. He said, there are people that not, will not hear my message because it will not come out of your lips. 
And I don't know what it was about that statement, but it set me on track. And I said, God, I don't know what it is that I'm called to do, but I will dedicate the rest of my life to try to find out. And I promise you that no matter what, I can fall a million times during the race, but I will never stop running the race God has for me. And I thank God that I'm here today and there's people hearing the message of God that is coming out of my lips because I chose to run the race God has for me. Listen, there is a race that God has for you. And can nobody else run that race? There is a race, there is an assignment for your life. There is a purpose for your life. And can no one else fill that purpose? Can no one else run the race that God has laid before you? I can't run your race. You can't run my race. I want to de declare to someone today that there is a problem that you have the solution for. That there is an, a question that you have the answer for. That there is a situation that you have the solution for. That there is an assignment for your life and can nobody else fulfill that assignment. God did not call us to just get saved. God did not call us. Let me tell you something. If, if your purpose in life was only to get saved, the moment you would have gave your life to Jesus, you would have disintegrated and gone to heaven. But God didn't call it just to get saved. God called us to fulfill our assignment here on earth. And the apostle Paul, what he does, he says, listen, I want you to run your race. I want you to live your life with purpose in every step. I want you to live your life like there is something for you to obtain. There is a prize for your life and I can't get the prize for your life. Only you can get the prize for your life. In Corinthians he says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24, he says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize, so I run with purpose in every step. What is he saying? Only you can attain that which, that, that which you've been created for. Only you can obtain the thing that God obtained you for. Only you can run the race. He's not talking about competition. He's not talking about running a race against someone else. He's saying running a race against the person you were yesterday. He's saying, I want you to run your race living with purpose in every step. Walking with purpose in every step. I want you to run your race like your life depended on it. Because you can be living and still be living a deadly life instead of living all that God has for you. See, you can be running your race very nonchalantly. You can be walking in this life as if there's nothing to obtain. But the Apostle Paul, he says, listen, I want you to get this in your head that there is a race for you. There is a race for you to run. And stop, stop assigning your assignment to other people. But take a hold of what I've taken hold of you for. Take a hold.
hold of the purpose in which I've redeemed you. Take a hold of the purpose of which I've saved you. Take a hold of the purpose why I placed you in this world. It wasn't just to wander in circles. It's for you to get in your race and run the race to obtain the prize that God has for you. Is there anybody here that's saying, I'm going to run my race no matter what it takes? The Apostle Paul. Thank you, Ronnie. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, sir. We're good here. The Apostle Paul, he says, he says, I've, he says, set Hebrews chapter 12. He says, so then let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us. He says, so then let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us. What is he saying? He says, run the race that is set out before you, not the race that is set out before someone else. Look what he says. He says, I will, in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 16, he says, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. He says, I want to make sure that the work that I am involved with has everything to, everything to do with the purpose which God designed me. He says in 2 Timothy, he says, I have fought the good fight and I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. This is the Apostle Paul at the end of his life, and he's saying, what does he compare his life to? What does he compare his assignment to? He compares it to a race. He said, I fought the good fight, and I have ran the race, and I have completed it. You know what he's not saying? He's not saying, man, I wish I had more possessions. You know what he's not saying? He's not saying, I wish I had more prestige. I wish I had more power. He's saying, here's the only thing that matters in life. When I'm sitting in my deathbed, when I am house-ridden right now, when I am in jail, here's at the end of my life, I'm telling myself spiritual son son this is the only thing that matters did you fulfill the purpose for which God has created you he's saying listen this is what matters in life it's not prestige power or possessions he's saying this is what matters purpose are you completing the race that God has placed before you and I want to tell you today that God has gifted you for your race God has gifted you for your race. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, I'm gifted. But tell them what I added to. Tell them, I'm gifted, man. Tell them, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. Because God will not give you a race to run without gifting you and empowering you to run your race. Did you know that? Did you know that God will not call you to run a race without gifting you to run the race that he's called you to run? And so God has equipped each and every one of us with certain gifts and talents, with certain anointings in our life. There, there are people here, I believe there's, there's people here that are gifted to walk in the medical scene. I believe people here that are called to be artists. I, I believe here there are people who are uh, destined to use their giftings and talents for the purposes in which God has created you. There, you know what? You know what's a gift? Being good looking. Amen. Amen. A young, good-looking man told me the other day, he said, Pastor, I'm going to use my good looks to bring people to Jesus. <laughs> I'm not pointing any names. <laughs> he said, I'm just going to bring, and I said, amen, brother, because this is the truth. We are, some, the Bible says it clear, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some more fearfully and some more wonderfully, but you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he says, you are gifted to run your race. And, and some of the greatest literature, 
that we have on our spiritual giftings are actually found in Romans chapter 12. And he says, because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest, watch this, be honest in your evaluation for yourselves. Now watch this, catch this, catch this. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Did you hear that? He said, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given you. You know what I run into all the time when I talk to people? The fact that they can't finish their race and they can't finish their assignment. Why? Because they are measuring themselves by the faith that God has given someone else. Woo! I'm here to preach today. And so oftentimes we are measuring ourselves based on the faith that God has given someone else. And so we look at their lives and it produces two things. When you begin to measure yourself by the faith that God has given someone else and not the faith that God has given you, it would only lead you down two roads, arrogance and inadequacy. Because when you look at someone, and sometimes, let's be honest, when we look at someone else's life, we like to be around people that sometimes have lesser faith than us because inside there's this subtle notion that we have greater faith than them and that begins to allow us to have the temptation of walking in arrogance. But then equally so, when we look at people that have great faith and we begin to make exceptions from them, oh my God, look what, how they can do this and how they can do that and how they can accomplish this. And we measure ourselves based upon the faith I'm over here. Thank God, thank God the rows are like five feet ahead. Sheila, you would have been anointed right there with spit all over here. Let me get closer here. Hold on a second. When you begin to measure yourself by the faith that God has given someone else, it leads to arrogance or it leads to inadequacy. So now you look at someone else and you feel inadequate. Why? Because you're measuring your life based upon the measure of faith that God has given someone else. But here's the truth. When you walk in arrogance, you're all listen, when you're walking in inadequacy, what you're saying is, faith, I'm not good enough for faith. So you never walk in faith. But when you walk in arrogance, what you're saying is, faith is not good enough for me. See, when you walk in inadequacy, you're saying, I'm not good enough to walk in faith. And therefore, I can't trust God. I, I can't trust God because I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. But when you walk in arrogance, what happens is, is that you're saying faith is not good enough for me because I got it covered. And so don't measure your life with the measure of faith God has given someone else. Measure your life, evaluate your life based upon the measure of faith God has given you. Now, I don't know if you have noticed, but... uh. I've recently lost five pounds. Ask me how long it took. 15 years. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because you know, each of you have a shirt in your closet that you've been wanting to fit in for the last 20 years of your life. This is that shirt right here, all right? I know it's a little snug, but I'm, I'm, someone told me today, I said, hey, how does this shirt look on me? He, look, he says, you look like you're on your way to be skinny. I said, what kind of compliment? Is that a compliment? He said, you look like you're on your way to be, you look like you're in that transition of someone that was chubby now becoming skinny. Okay. But you know what? That's what our lives look like sometimes, right? 
We're in the transition of who we used to be. We, not, we might not be where God wants us to be, but we're definitely not where, God, where we used to be. I love the fact that we can be a church. Hey, we're not where we ought to be at times, but we darn sure ain't where we used to be. And so I got on. I woke up one day and I knew, I knew, I felt it. I felt I lost the weight. I felt it. I put in my work. I starved myself. I've been eating one meal a week. <laughs> and I got on the, and I, and I don't know about you, but you know what I didn't do? I didn't get on this, I didn't get on the ruler to measure my weight. Somebody better catch this. Why? Because a ruler is not meant, is not the measuring unit to measure your weight. Hmm. A ruler is the measuring unit to measure length and height. And this is to measure my height. It's not meant to measure my weight. Can I prophesy to some of us today? There's some of us that have been living our lives trying to measure ourselves with the wrong unit. And God is saying, no, if you want to measure your purpose, if you want to measure why I've placed you here on earth, don't measure yourself by other things. Don't measure yourself by other standards. The only qualifying unit to measure weight is a scale. The only qualifying unit to measure your purpose is the faith that God has given you through grace. So I got on my scale. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And I was able to measure myself with the right unit. I pray that today we become a church that refuses to measure ourselves by the standards of this world, by other people's, the measure of faith that God has given someone else, and we begin to use the faith that has been, here we go, the faith that God has given each and every one of you. I can run with purpose. I can run and fulfill my assignment. Why? Because it's according to the faith that God has given me. God, how am I doing based upon the faith that you have given me? How am I uh, uh, progressing based upon the faith that you have given me? Listen, the fa- listen, there's things that I can't get away with that other people can get away with. You know what I'm talking about. I like this. Why? Because God gave me a different measure of faith. At the same time, there is another level measure of faith that God has given other people. And I have to become secure in the fact that God has given me this measure of faith. And if God chooses to give me a larger measure of faith, then I will open it. When I'll embrace it with open arms. But I sure will begin to measure my life, not based upon the faith he's given others, but the faith he's given me. If you believe that, give God some praise in this house. He says there's many parts in one body. Because just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function. Listen, I know this might not mean something to everyone, but I feel like there's a few of us here today that God wants to tell you, I really feel this in my spirit, God wants to tell you 
You're special. You're not here by accident. You're not here by mistake. You're not here by happenstance. You're here because God has a special function for you to complete. I, uh, this last week, my brother, we celebrated his 31st birthday. This is my little brother. This is my baby brother. This is the one I wiped his butt. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. Because in a Spanish home, you knew how to cook at seven years old. You know how to, you know how to do diapers at seven years old. Some of our kids can't even boil water, but it's all right. It's all right. We did. They'll help you with your iPad, though. And my 31-year-old brother, every time we celebrate his birthday, we kind of hear the story that my mom tells us. And she's like, you know, I just want to let you know that, oh, my God, this is full. For he is, she calls him the, get this, the love child. She's because he was the only one that we planned. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know, like, you know, you, I mean, I know that you guys came, but, you know, you're like, you know, but you guys, you know, you weren't, you just kind of, like, showed up. You know what she told me? She was like, no, you, you don't understand that in Spanish homes, kids just popped out of nowhere. It was just, when you was pregnant, you was pregnant. I said, what? She's like, yeah, it, just, it was just a thing. Like, oh, you having a kid? Yeah, me too. But she says that, that foe, Rodolfo, was the only child that was planned. Because in a moment of passion, and in a moment of forgiveness towards my father, I'm not gonna put a business out there, we're gonna stop it right there because there's, we wanna keep it PG. But in a moment of forgiveness and a love, Rodolfo Remedios was conceived. He was the only one that was planned. Some of you guys are getting grossed out right now, but listen. She was the only one, he was the only one that was planned. And I, I don't know about you, but maybe that's your story. Maybe you feel like you weren't planned. But I have news for you. That I believe there's such thing as unplanned pregnancies. And un, I, I, feel, I believe that there's such thing as unplanned pregnancies and unplanned parents. But there's no such thing as unplanned people. <laughs> because let me tell you something. You have, may have been unplanned by your parents, but I, I told my mom, I said, listen, but God had a plan for my life. You may have not saw it coming. Daddy may, may have not saw it coming, but God sure did saw it coming. I told her, I was like, listen, man, the fact that I'm here shows that I'm a winner. Did you know that? Did you know the fact, listen to me, Kuhau, the fact that you are alive and that you have a heartbeat, the fact that you exist is only proof that you have already won a race. Hallelujah, holla back, little homie. You have already run a race. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe you're too, maybe you're, you were too young to remember, but each of us already run a, won a race. You know, you know, you had about 300 million participants in that race. You know what I'm talking about? You was ready to run your race. It was you and 300 million other of your brothers and sisters that never made it. And God said, on your mark, get set, go. And God gave you the strength to shoot out. 
and God gave you the strength to go up the fallopian tube and God gave you the strength to be conceived, you have already won a race. Your mama didn't see it, your daddy didn't see it, but you came in, they were on birth control and you fought off the birth control. You kicked in the door like Biggie Smalls and you said kick in the door waving the holy sword. Ah, the fact that you're here shows that you're not an accident. The fact that you're here shows that you got purpose because you have made it. If you are alive in well, somebody shout in this room, I have purpose. Give God some praise in this house. God's assignment, write this down, God's assignment for your life is not by accident. I came to tell you today that maybe some of us are told we were accidents because we weren't planned. We were in a planned pregnancy. And your parents weren't planning to be parents when they had you. But God sure did plan you. And maybe your parents were on birth control. Maybe your parents, one of your parents, maybe you are a product of a rape. Maybe you were told that you were an accident. But you're no accident to God. Because God doesn't make us accidents. God gives people assignments to accomplish. And if you made it through it all, I want to tell you that today, I want to declare that all over your life. You have a special function that God has designed you for. Maybe you were a product of rape. Maybe your parents didn't plan for you. Maybe you have no clue why you are here. But listen, God's assignment for you is not by accident. God didn't just randomly select you God didn't, you're not just like a, a, a random selection of assignments being sorted out to different individuals. No, God has gifted you to run the race. Only you can run. You know who I want my son to be? I want my son to be the next pastor. But he wants to be LeBron James. But maybe that's the race that God has called him to run. You know why? Because I will never influence people in the NBA, but we need people who are completing their assignment in the NBA. We need people who are fulfilling their purpose in the law firm. We need people who are fulfilling their purpose in their business. We need people who are fulfilling their purpose as employees. Listen, there are people that I will never be able to reach that you with a wink of an eye, with a touch of a shoulder, can reach them for Jesus and fulfill the purpose that God has given you. See, God knew the two people he needed to make the original you. <laughs> God, my mom always said this. She's like, you know, I don't know why I was with your father for so long. She says, but this one thing I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, Rolando, that I needed to be with your father so that four of you can be produced in life. Because the four of you have a great purpose. And that was instilled in me all of my life. That guess what, I don't know why God chose the two people that he chose to bring you into this planet. But he knew that was the DNA that was needed. He knew that that 
sperm and that egg needed to be needed to come together and to produce the original you. There's no one with the same DNA as you. There's no one with the same fingerprint as you. There's no one with all that God has placed in you in any in history in the present and will ever exist anyone quite like you, you're a unique vessel, you are original, you're not a carbon copy, you are created in his image, but you will have the fullness of all that he has uniquely, 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 anyway, you know what I'm talking about, gifted you for. And so not only are you not an accident, but what you possess is not an accident. Woo! Woo! Not only are you not an accident, but what you possess is not an accident. And I think sometimes we, we look at people who may seem a little more per prim and proper, and we look at them and we're like, man, I, they just seem like they're more usable for God's glory than I am. They just seem that they're more qualified for God than I am. But not only are you not an accident, what you possess is not an accident. We see this in the story of Moses. God is calling Moses to fulfill his mission. God is calling Moses to run his race. And Moses says this. Look what, he, look what Moses says in Exodus chapter 4. He says, then Moses said to the Lord, but Lord, I am telling you, I am not a good speaker. <laughs> Have you ever tried to convince God that you were not good enough? Have you ever tried to convince God of the opposite of what he was declaring over your life? Are you sure, God? Are you sure, God? As if God is unstable in his ways. As if God doesn't know what he's talking about. Are you sure, God? Did you make a mistake here, God? Did you just kind of like... You know when you, when you played spin the bottle and you hope they landed on someone and it landed on the person it wasn't supposed to be? Like, God, did it land on me and it wasn't meant for me to me? And Moses tries to convince God. Look what he says. He says, I'm, I'm still not a good speaker. You know that I speak slowly and I don't use the best words. Then the Lord said to him, who made a person's mouth? Did you catch that? Did you catch that? He's like, God, I can't speak. God, I don't know how to put words together. I don't know how to make sentences. He goes, forget your words. Who made your mouth? He goes, who made your mouth? <laughs> what, is he, what is he saying? Sometimes we think like God designed us and he slipped up sometimes. You know how you, you, you know, if you, any, any cooks here, any bakers, you know how sometimes you drop a little bit too much pepper and it slipped up and you drop. Oh! I dropped too much garlic. Oh, I put a little bit too much garlic in here. I put a little bit too much pepper. Sometimes we think like that's what happened when God created us. God, I think you put a little bit too much anger here. God, I, I think you put a little bit too much depression in my life. God, I think you put a little bit. No, God is saying your weakness is not my mistake. <laughs> because there's purpose even in the weaknesses that you have in life. Just like there's purposes in the giftings that I've placed in you, collaborated with that gifting so there is the weaknesses I've placed in your life he says your weakness is not my mistake even your weaknesses even the thing that you possess is on purpose 
for a purpose. And how we look at our lives. Can I, can I be honest? Let's be, let's be honest. Some of us have that Moses syndrome. Did you see the big butt? Did you see the big butt in Moses? Can I show it again? Did you see that? See, some of us have a big butt. One T, relax. Some of us have a big butt. And it's not because you've been doing squats. It's because you've allowed excuses to run your life. See, then Moses said to the Lord, but, Lord, I'm telling you, I'm not a good speaker. And this is how we live. We live with our heads in our butts instead of our heads in the hands of God. <laughs> Relax, one T, but. And oftentimes we are led by our butts. God, I know I'm cold, but I'm divorced. God, I know I'm cold, but I messed up. God, I know I have purpose, but I can't do it right now. God, I know I'm cold, but I, I, right now I'm too busy. God, I know, but, 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 but. I dare you to prophesy to someone right next to you and tell them, get, get the butt out of the way. Tell them, get your butt out of the way. <laughs> Get your butt out of the way. Don't walk with the Moses syndrome of allowing our heads to be in our butts and our minds to be in our butts when our gift and talents was meant to be in the hands of God. See, Moses is told by God, who made your mouth? And he says, I can't talk. I can't speak. I can't formulate words. He says, I stutter. He goes, then you go do you do it stuttering because guess what when you take your gifting and you place it in my hands when you've taken what I've called you to do and you've placed it in my hands you don't live led by your butt you you live your life led by my spirit guess what I'm gonna go with you oh you got a stuttering problem then you go to Pharaoh and you say Pharaoh let, let, let my people go you go do what I've called you to do, no matter how weak you feel, no matter how unqualified you feel. Why? Because you're gifted, yes, but also because I'm walking with you. Woo! I think, I think if anything we did in 2018, <laughs> as funny as it sounds, is that we get our big butt out of the way and be led by our big faith in God. Because God uses, hear this, God uses, God uses what you thought wouldn't work out to work out his plans through you. Write that down. God uses what you thought wouldn't work out to work out his plans in you. Because what you have is valuable. What you possess is important. Listen, if everyone completed their mission in life and you did not, a piece of the puzzle will still be missing. If, if I came and ran my race 
If I came with my giftings and I accomplished what God has called me to accomplish, if you came and, 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 and Lisa came and she's running her purpose and she's running her race and, and Frank and Steph, they come in and they're running their race and Joe is running their race, but still we have people who are missing on the opportunity of using the giftings that God has equipped them with to complete the mission. Listen, the picture is not complete without you because there is something that this world needs that you have. If every person could be where they needed to be, and if you aren't completing, and you're not in the position that God has placed you, then the picture will always be complete. See, but what God has given you is something that the world needs. Did you know that? Did you know that God has given you something that this world needs to make a difference? Did you know that God has uniquely gifted you with a talent, with an ability, with a spiritual gift that only you have? That there is no one in this world that has it quite like you have it? This is why he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Whew. I wish someone would catch this right now. See, we do a good job of glorifying the stage gifts. We do a good job glorifying some of the more, I guess, broad or what we perceive the more popular talents. But it doesn't mean that our gift is not equally important. See, sometimes we think everybody has to be a preacher. But did you know you can be a missionary at your job? Did you know that you can begin walking in the mantle that God has for you? Not only at your job, but in your place of business, in your career. Did you know, just like my son wants to be in the NBA, did you know that you can fulfill your purpose doing what it is that you do right now? Because what you do is not your purpose, but you can fulfill your purpose in what you do. Are you hearing me? See, because in God, write this down, this next point, every minuscule task is a miracle in the making. Woo! See, when you walk with purpose in every step, you are living the kind of life that says, listen, this might seem minuscule, this might seem insignificant, but it's only a miracle in the making. Sometimes there are people that come to Kuhau at 7.30 in the morning, and you know what they do? They put up pipe and drape every single Sunday. And it seems like a minuscule task. It seems like a redundant. It seems tedious. But you know what? It's a minuscule task if we're seeing it from the world's perspective. But if we see it with walking with purpose in every step, you know where we see that? No, we're creating a sanctuary for people to walk in and experience the glory of God. We're not just putting pipe and drape. We are building the tabernacle of God here in the New Testament church. Every purpose, every step with, with purpose. And I want to ask you a couple of questions. Because I think that each and every one of you have a gift. 
if maybe you're wondering, what is my gift? What, what is it? Why am I here on earth? Why? I want you to ask yourself these questions. And if you have a bulletin inside your bulletin, you'll have these, these questions, these six questions that I believe will help you discover your gift. Number one, it's, it's what's your passion? And this is how you discover it. P, it's the people question. Maybe you can't fill it out right now, but I want you to, I want you to take some time by the end of the day today, and I want you to ask yourself these six questions. What do other people see in you? What do other people see in you? What do people compliment you on? Man, you're really good at administration. Hey, you're really good at singing. Hey, you do a good job in making people feel welcomed in your house. What are the giftings that God has given you? You ask, you have people that you can trust. Hey man, what do you think that God has gifted me in? I remember the first time someone told me I was called to be a pastor because I spoke. And I'm like, spoke? I never preached a day in my life. I never preached a day in my life. He's calling me a preacher. I'm like, huh? I thought I was going to be a teacher. Like I wanted to be a school teacher growing up. And this guy said, nah, you're going to be a preacher. I'm like, preacher? I don't, even, I don't even know the Bible. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, you're going to be a preacher. Like, I, don't, I don't know how to preach. He says, I know, but God's called you to be a preacher because you have communication skills. And you know what frustrated me growing up? Some of the crazy things that frustrated me was people that couldn't preach, trying to preach. And that was frustrating me. But guess what? God called me to preach to fix that problem. Amen? And so you have to ask people, what's the people question? What do you, and the actual question, what, okay, number two, what do you get excited about the most? What do you get excited about the most? What do you enjoy doing the most? What makes your heart beat? What, what, what is it that you feel like you were born to do? Like I know that I was born, I know in my heart that I was born to do this. I can't, ex I can't explain the, 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 listen, I love being a father, I love being a husband, and I think the greatest joy, one of the greatest joys in life is to be a father and to be a parent. But I cannot be honest with you, even greater than being a father, I don't know how to explain it because I'm one of those parents that I turn crazy for my kids. Like if I even think my kid is in harm, I, ooh, ooh. you know what I'm talking about? Like my daughter, my daughter told me that there was a kid in school that called her fat. And it's the first time I wanted to football kick a kindergarten kid. I was like, who, who was it? Oh, him? Just football kick him across, right? That's the kind of parent I am, right? But even greater than being a parent is experiencing this that I'm doing the very thing that God has placed me on earth for. There's no greater feeling than that. Number three, the strength question. What is something that comes easy to you but difficult to others? What is something that comes easy to you but difficult to others? You know what comes easy to me now? Talking. You know what I like doing? Hearing myself talk. You know when you ask me a question I give you a long-winded answer? Half of it is to help you, and the other half is to hear myself. What is something that comes easy to you, 
but difficult to others. You know, one of the things, uh, uh, Karina's, I think Karina's here, and I remember Karina, you know, one of the things that, you know, we had issues with was being organized. I'm one of those guys that I can walk over my t-shirt every single day of the week. And we need to get organized, and guess what? You know what comes easy to Karina and not easy to Odin? Who is organization. Does it mean that Odin has to be Karina and Karina has to be Odin? Never. It just means that she's gifted and being organized. And for her, it's like sequences coming together. And for her, it's easy. It's her strength. So ask yourself, what comes easy to me but difficult to others? Here, the serving question, how can I help someone only for their benefit? How can I help someone? Listen, here, here's the question. What would you do in life for free? What would you do in life for free? Because here, here's the truth. If you're gifted in this area, can't nobody pay you to do that. What would you do in life for free? And take that and that let that fuel your passion. You know what I would do for free? And by the grace of God, I've managed to allow God to use this as the vehicle by which I provide for my family. It's preaching. It's communicating. It's building leaders. This is what I would do for free. So what is it that you would do for free that you spend hours doing for free? That's your passion. That's your gifting. What would you do to help others with no benefit? The interest question. I, what God-honoring things interest you the most? And as the worship team comes up, Oh, the opportunity question. The opportunity question. What opportunities do you have in front of you? What opportunities do you have in front of you? Sometimes you have to explore opportunities to find out if that's something that God has called you to do. And let's be honest, there are some opportunities that will lead you to great progress and success. And maybe those are the things that you are good at. Maybe there are some things that frustrate you. And you're like, oh my God, I wish they would get this right. I wish that, you know, there are people that leave churches because they are frustrated with things that happen in the church. But what if I told you that God has called you to fix that problem? There are things that frustrate me, but it's only because in my gifting, man, I get frustrated. Also, you see certain things and, oh, man, this don't look good and this happened. Well, the things that frustrated you, maybe they come easy to you. Maybe that God has called you to fix that problem. And instead of you hopping from church to church to church to church to church to church to church, being frustrated, God is saying, no, get planted in one place and say, God, use me here to fix the problems that this church needs help with. Could you imagine a church where everyone was operating under their gifting. Woo. And lastly, the now question. Huh. The now question. The now question. What can you do? What steps can you start taking today? What steps can you start taking today? You can take this table, whoever. What steps can you start taking today to say, I'm gonna fulfill my purpose? I'm gonna fulfill the assignment that God has given me. I don't know who I'm preaching to, to today, but I believe that God is speaking to some people and he's saying, listen, I need you to get on this race. 
I need you to get on this race. I need you to start operating in the calling that I have for your life. Because when the Bible says that the gift of God, listen to me, the gift of God without repentance, hear me, the gift of God, do we got that verse? The gift of God without repentance is irrevocable. Do you know what that means? Without repentance, hear me. The gift of God without repentance is irrevocable. You know what that means? That God gives you gifts that he will never take back from you. Did you hear that? Listen, you can live your life walking away from your assignment and still be gifted. Because here's the question. Are you going to use your gift to run your race? Or are you going to use your gift solely for your purpose? Because you're gifted. And God will never take it away from you. But when you take your gift and you place it in God's hand, you fulfill the calling of God in your life. When you take your gift, the gift that God has given you, listen, there are plenty of people in Hollywood who are using their gift, and maybe they're not using it to glorify God. But they're using it nonetheless because God won't take it away. Hmm. They're making millions of dollars. That's what, there's nothing wrong with that. But they're using it to glorify themselves and not to glorify God. What if we would take our gift that God has given us and place it in the hands of God instead of, instead of allowing the devil to use the gift that God has given us? Because you know the devil will do that, right? He'll, he can't take away your gift, but he could lead you to use your gift for purposes that have nothing to do with God. I want to I live the kind of life that says, man, I'm taking my gift and I'm giving it to God. Because, can I borrow this for a second? How's the worship team doing? My shoelaces? Woo! See, what if I... God's hands. I said when you take your gift and you place it in the right person's hands, all of a sudden it's a miracle waiting to happen because you can take your gift
That's all you're getting from Pastor Roe right there. You ain't getting anything else. Because that's not my gift. But if you would take the gift and place it in God's hands, I think it would sound something like this. giving you my gift because you've given me an assignment because you have called me to run this race because you have called me to run with purpose because you have called me to accomplish all that it is you have called me to accomplish I dare you today to say that God I'm gonna run my race I'm gonna achieve everything you've called me to achieve if that's you why don't you get up on your feet we hope you enjoyed this podcast our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God love people and love life Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.